hey everyone uh, i'm harper i'm jonathan and this is hawkeyes authentic knowledge and feelings i feel it i feel it okay i know where you're going with this you want a little cliff that makes everybody laugh and feel good you know what i mean instead it's like Whoa. but i'm really not funny no no and we no. should have a contract what <laughs> joined this week by a wonderful repeat guest we love to have yeah. him you love to see him on the show it's geo Bayani. hey what's up it's me geo is this the three pete the three pete yeah well yeah is this your third time here i don't remember i remember dad you did I dad i think you were in the background of anthony lopez's oh, episode yeah, yeah, yeah i know that one for sure yeah yeah and I, then, I, I can't remember if you did another one or not though I feel like yeah. I might have, but I, I can't feel like remember. I might have, he might have too, but maybe I'm wrong. Oh yeah, you did. Uh, yes, yes, yeah, Joker. Joker, Joker Jimmy oh, Show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Joker Show. Yeah. So this is the three. Yeah, this is, Joker yeah, the three Pete with a little a little background appearance on another yeah, episode. Yeah. Three point three point two five Pete. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Happy to have you back. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm I'm coming in from. Uh, lovely downtown Burbank. Uh, remoting in from my studio office. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a uh, Rona virus. Mm-hmm. Time. That's right. Yeah, we're not recording together this time, sadly. Um, True. Yeah, how's your how's your quarantine experience been? Let the people know. It's going all right. Uh, a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of video games, not a lot of anything else, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And a few protests, right? Some protests. Yeah, a few protests. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're re- if you're looking at this into in the future, hopefully, no more uh, quarantine, no more coronavirus, and also no more racism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And no more cops. Um, no more cops. <laughs> have you? Uh, and you've been watching some Gilmore Girls too, right? I have been. Yeah. Yeah. How many episodes in are you now? I actually don't know because, you know, I just kind of let Netflix do its thing. Uh-huh. But uh, uh, Laurel, I just started dating uh, Rory's teacher. Yes, Max Medee's nuts. <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was a big thing about Max that. Max nuts. <laughs> That's what they call him on Gilmore, guys. Oh, so it's okay. Max Medina. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's fun. Right, it's... He, he was like Mr. Medina. He was like, uh, call me Max. Yeah. Love it. God. Love and, he, and she was like, Mr. Medina. She wouldn't say Max. Mm-hmm. That was a good. That was a good scene. Yeah, um, it's interesting that you're watching Gilmore Girls on Netflix. Not to be a huge nerd about Gilmore Girls, but the aspect ratio of the show was originally four three, and yeah, I noticed that it's sixteen by nine. Yeah, and it's sixteen nine on, uh, on Netflix. And the way that they did that though is, you know, they like the show was like originally cropped off there but now it's including all of that exterior space so there's a lot of like boom mics Ooh. that you see I was gonna say, I, I love i love when shows do that because you can see like stuff that was never meant for the show yeah exactly so you get that a lot with gilmore girls uh, on the early seasons before they switched to 16.9 yeah 
Yeah. No, I noticed that we we're also we we're also watching Avatar together, Avatar Last Airbender. Uh huh. And then it's like it's still four by three, you know, it's it's a letter letterbox, so it's you know, it's still got the the, the, the black bars. Mm-hmm. But it's still like four by three. It's 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 cartoon, so there's not there's not extra camera. So. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. does more like shows like uh, before that uh, transition. Mm-hmm. TV shows. Well, yeah. it's like the whole thing that they were saying with the like the big example that everyone was talking about a while back was with Disney Plus. <laughs> when they did the simpsons right and there was like there was like a specific visual joke that got cropped out which was like the duff factory and it's like three different duff uh products but they're all coming from the same pipe but it's in the top Mm -hmm. of the frame so it's like a very quick like visual gag that they throw in but you completely would have missed it unless they like fixed Mm it speaking of one source splitting into three things let's talk about the military (laughs) (laughs) And the <laughs> yeah, the movie we're talking about this week is Good Kill. Yeah. But I, I really want it to be called The Good Kill. Like every time yeah. I say Good Kill, I really mm-hmm. want to have a the mm-hmm. in there. But it's not called yeah. The Good Kill. It's just called Good I, Kill. How's that for a transition? Great. It was wonderful. Um, before we hop oh, into boy. that, though, has your relationship with Ethan Hawke evolved at all since the last time we had you on the show, <laughs> like 25 episodes ago? Yeah, it's 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 what like 10 years since. Probably more, right? Oh, you mean since uh, between this movie being filmed and the last yeah. one? Um, yeah. yeah, the Jimmy show was... And it feels like 10 was... years since we saw you, so... It yeah. does. No, that's true. Um, yeah, it's been at least 10 years. Yeah. Between. So I think I think my relationship has changed because I've seen him from so early in his career and then I have completely forgotten about it and then, you know, here and like in the middle of his like high point. Mm-hmm. Or you could say he's still going to his high point. Yeah, I think he's still... His reform he's... is pretty, pretty up top. Yeah, he's been going through a good uh, decade, I would say. Mm-hmm. The last decade's been pretty strong for him. Um, so but... this, you're saying the 2010s were the decade of Ethan Hawke? Yeah. That's yeah. why 2020's so bad. <laughs> no, 2020 is going to be good when the movies actually come out. It's been that's why, that's why it's bad because he hasn't come out of a movie. Yet. Yeah, I mean, he has all these movies that were slated to come out this year, but they just haven't come out because of right. coronavirus. You know, it's, they weren't able to get like a you know, a theatrical release. And they were, I think, waiting to see whether or not they could do a theatrical release wait- later in the year. But I think most of those mm-hmm. movies are actually going to come out this summer just on, uh, you know, whatever, on your home video. Home yeah. <laughs> yeah. Home video. VHS. <laughs> yeah, VHS. Um, LaserDisc. So, yeah. So I am looking forward to that. And I do think we'll have another... I'm I'm predicting like another great decade of Ethan Hawke ahead of us. <laughs> so I guess what I was saying was my, my relationship was like last time I saw him and, and dad too. He's always been like side characters. Mm-hmm. This is like the first time he's a lead I've, I've seen uh, in, in in this show, in Hawkeye's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's and like, you know, he's, he's the movie for the most part. So you haven't watched show. any Ethan Hawke movies since that, since the Jimmy since, show? In 10 years. No, in 10 years. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I've seen Ethan Hawke three Hawkeyes, and then the two Hawkeyes uh, movie I've seen, the two Ethan Hawke movies, seven Hawkeyes, mm-hmm. and then this movie. Mm-hmm. And because so that's of like, and because of our podcast, you've been actively avoiding his his movies. <laughs> yeah. So so I so I can watch it all as I as I watch the podcast. Uh-huh. Mm, true. You don't want to spoil your appetite. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, so this movie, Good Kill, is directed by Andrew Nichol, who he's directed two Ethan Hawke movies we've seen before, actually. He directed Gattaca, which is a classic. Mm-hmm. And he also yeah. directed Lord of War, which yes. I famously liked more than everyone else. Right, which had Nicolas Cage. Yeah, which was I love Lord of War. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Hey, um, I'm a Nick Cage fan, so Yeah. I yeah, I, Not a I liked it too. I, yeah. I mean it wasn't you know, it wasn't like a perfect movie, but I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't hate it either. Yeah. Well, you know, go back to the tape. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had positive things to say about it. Yeah. Shout out to Steve Green of IndieWire who came on for that episode. Ooh, IndieWire. Yeah. Um, back in the day, we used to work in the same building as him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, that was a whole other All lifetime. Those years ago. Yeah. Before coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. Now the only remnant of our past life is that Vitra chair. Oh yeah, I stole a chair from my office so that I could work nice. at home. Yeah. You did you ask or you just took it? Uh, I asked. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But it felt you, you, you it felt just... kind of covert to go and take it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's still yeah. it still felt you, a little you wrong. Just, you didn't pull up Ethan Hawk and just leave uh, from your office and then walk away and drive to Reno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You went rogue and then just disappeared and you just walked away from the, your base mm-hmm. while wearing aviators and yeah. a leather jacket. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So. This is kind of an interesting uh, third third project from Ethan Hawke and Andrew Nichol, I yeah. think. Um, I think Gatt- Gattaca is like such a strong movie, I think. it's mm-hmm. It holds up. I, like, I've watched it several times throughout my life and it, you know, it holds up and it's like a good movie. And of course, we get to see him with Uma, which we love. Um, and... Lord of War is like not as strong as Gattaca, I would say, but it's like very, it's like a, it's a really strong like message movie, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which I think um, carries through to Good Kill. I think this is also like really a message movie, but it doesn't hit you over the head as much as Lord of War did, I mm. think. Um, yeah. yeah, I. Lord of War was very like kind of direct yeah like hitting you on the head yeah i was gonna say like this movie's not subtle but lord of the war is like hit you on the head like ham-fisted yeah yeah but i kind of felt like lord of war knew more what it wanted to say Mm. so the fact that it was saying it as loudly as it did was okay Mm. because it it was really clear clear message whereas this one kind of didn't feel to me it felt yeah i agree about that i think it's a little confused both like both in terms of it's like political messaging and in terms of it's like narrative messaging it didn't feel as as like tight whereas lord of war it had very it had a very clear narrative that it wanted to tell mm-hmm. which is this person becoming the person that he became and it had kind of a more clear political message which was about like uh the the implications of of international arms dealing yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how everyone's hands are dirty and all that kind of thing mm-hmm. um but this felt a little unbalanced on both on both counts, both in terms of narrative and both in terms of like political commentary. Yeah, like the personal story with Ethan Hawke and his wife. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I will say like this felt it felt a little more unbalanced. Like I agree with that, except for I will say it feels a little more like a like a snapshot of a guy whose life is kind of out of control. Mm-hmm. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, in that way, yeah. like, you know, it, it kind of felt right that there wasn't a clean conclusion to either his personal life or his professional mm-hmm. life. Right. Because... Yeah, I think that that's purposeful. I think it's also, like, meant to kind of be, like, this is also where we are in our, like, United States military is also in a snapshot of, like, just being dirty and, like, unclear and unfocused of, like, mm-hmm. where it is. Yeah. Right, yeah. And also, I think there I think there was probably a little bit more distance in terms of, like, time because this came out in, like, 2014, right? Mm-hmm. And it was yeah. based... Mm-hmm. And it was set in 2010. Mm-hmm. So it's the same presidential administration it's the same like kind of set of circumstances whereas in lord of war i think it was based a little bit like further back in time compared to when it came out mm-hmm. so i think that might have been part of it as well yeah it's, it's harder to be critical um of something that you're kind of going through if you're like releasing a big hollywood movie you know yeah mm-hmm. you need to sign off on a, you need the military to sign off on a lot of things True, that's true. And they would have had to on both on both Lord of War and Good Kill because it would have been I cuz didn't they use they used like military weapons in tanks in Lord of War, right? Yeah. Yeah, I the story with Lord of War was that they bought it was cheaper for them to buy actual AK47s yeah. cuz there's the scene where they go into like the hangar and there's like a bunch of AK47s. And it was cheaper for them to buy actual AK-47s instead of making props. So they bought, like... So they actually, like, participated. They ended up participating... In arms dealing? In arms dealing, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They yeah. bought, like, thousands and thousands of AK-47s. Um, and then I, I don't remember what they ended up doing with them. They remember... They just... I think they destroyed, like, half of them. Yeah. But then they had to sell back the other half so <laughs> yeah. they could make money back on the movie. But they did destroy, like, an amount of them. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of... Which is kind of fitting for that movie. Yeah. That you're, you're well-intentioned But you're still part of the... go awry yeah. and you end up participating yeah. in the system. Yeah. Crazy. Well, should we... Should we go through this movie? Should we talk about it? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Just based on the like v- the the promotional stuff from this movie, I thought it was gonna be like, it was gonna be like getaway. Like I thought it was gonna be like a fun action movie. Oh, I thought it was gonna be. I didn't think so. The only like yeah, the only image I really had of this movie, the only thing I knew about it was that image of Ethan Hawke with the headset like in front of a computer, Same. right? Uh, so I okay. kind of thought it was gonna I just, be. I thought it was just like I just saw his face with like the sunglasses, so oh. I assumed there was like an. Action yeah, movie. I saw that one, and he has like his, his flight jacket. I thought it was gonna be like a Top Gun or something. Yeah, I thought. I actually didn't know what the movie was until I saw it. Yeah, I didn't either, and I thought yeah. he was going to be a supporting character because I figured it was going to be something where there was more combat, and he was like the guy at the computer, like you know, far uh, removed from uh, the scene. Yeah. But he uh, he's both in this yeah. movie. If we yeah. find out. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. So yeah, so Ethan Hawke plays what's his name Thomas Egan, Egan yeah. which feels like a really yeah. Ethan Hawke character it name. Sure it, it felt sure like does. so. Egan, right? Egan yeah, or Tom- yeah, yeah, Thomas Egan. And uh, so he's a military, like, drone pilot. Yes. Yeah. But he served, like, six tours before that. Like, so he's, like, super decorated or, like, yeah. he yeah. likes flying. Yes. He was, he's so is it Air boy. Force then? He's Air Force, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. They're all Air Chair Force. That's what Bruce Greenwood says. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, yeah, and so January Jones is his wife, which I feel is perfect casting. I feel like they're, like, they're... 
There's What's something the age, that? the age difference. Oh, I don't know. I I don't think he's that much older than her. Maybe ten years, but. But for Hollywood, for that's, Hollywood that's, that's downright progressive. Yeah, well, I think <laughs> Ethan Hawke, and I, we'll get into this on this episode, but he's usually paired up with people that are age appropriate for him. Mm-hmm. He, I, I feel that he's almost always true, been like the before. Yeah, before it's yeah. Boyhood. Um. All right. So we know Ethan Hawke is turning fifty this year. Let me look up January Jones' age. She's forty-two, so yeah, it's not that much of an age difference. They're like seven, eight years apart. Oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah. not bad. Yeah, so I kind of feel like they're perfect together. Like there's something like damaged and really American about both of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's like it's just they're so well suited for each other, and I just can't believe I had never thought about it, and I can't believe it had never happened before. But it was it was perfect. <laughs> It was really what perfect. Else, what else does she? I don't feel like I don't really know her from anything. Well, she was in Mad Men. X-Men First Class. Yes, she was in X Men First Class with Zoe Kravitz, who is also oh, in this movie. Okay. Who is Zoe Kravitz in X Men First Class? She's the one with the wings. They find her at the strip club, maybe in Vegas. Oh damn! Yeah, yeah she, this movie takes place in Vegas. Yeah. So Black she. Jacket. What is her thing? Uh, Blackjack Black and um, Battlefield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blackjack and Battlefield. Battlefields and Blackjack. Yeah, it felt kind of like arbitrary, but yeah. I don't know. Like she, they had to give her something to say repeatedly, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah, so Ethan Hawke and January Jones, they have like a few kids, and they live like in probably Henderson, Nevada, like right outside of Vegas. Yeah, like one of the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and it's 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 not easy because he's a you know a drone pilot which he so he's really like you know he's killing people every day mm-hmm. you know but he he still goes home to his wife and kids and it's not the same as being you know away at war when you're there you're there and when you're not there you're not there there's like no separation it's like you know yeah. he's constantly yeah. in war yeah. um which doesn't make him great i don't think for the military and i don't think it makes him great for his family either yeah true yeah um so yeah so ethan hawk is like itching to get back in a plane you know he's yeah. uh he was like you mentioned like six tours before as a pilot like out in the world and now he's just in a chair behind the screen mm-hmm. and they're they're set up in these like they're basically like shipping crates mm-hmm. yeah they're, like these shipping crates and they each have space for like four chairs and then and the, the monitors screens and stuff like that and then yeah, and basically just watching over there. bruce greenwood to stand there and like supervise mm-hmm. yeah and, um, there's, and there's like a row of like four or five of these containers like mm-hmm. all back to back but we only see one we only see the one that ethan Hawke is in yeah and they have a there's a sign on the door that says you're now leaving the u.s yeah. so like when yeah. you go inside you're yeah mm-hmm. um, you're in everywhere yeah yeah so then we so they're like a kind of a unit of five there's bruce greenwood who's like their commander or whatever and then there's four people that are there and ethan hawk is like the main pilot and he has like a 
co-piloty kind of person and then there are two other people one person that's there to like kind of take over for him i think and one person that's there to i don't know make racist commentary (laughs) yeah (laughs) basically yeah um so yeah so zoe kravitz comes in and she's her his new co-pilot and she's a yeah she's a hot young drone pilot Mm -hmm. she's who's there for uh she's excited to be in vegas but also to be doing this job yeah um yeah so it's kind of like a you know you get to know the whole team mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of vibe so i don't remember those other two dudes names yeah i don't one of them's zimmer yeah yeah because she's fuck you zimmer yeah and yeah, the other know. one i can't remember but he's the, the one, the one's an a, one, like one's an asshole and the other's just like nothing like he's yeah she's just there yeah yeah um yeah and pretty early on so like they're flying they do a lot of like uh surveillance but also sometimes they like bomb buildings as the military deems necessary but really early on one thing that they see is a woman getting raped yeah so yeah yeah so the they're looking for something else but while the camera is you know watching there yeah, they're they, looking at this building yeah. and they're expecting this the, one of the targets that they're looking for. They think that he goes to this building, but they just haven't seen him in a really long time. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. the intelligence they have. So they have to like sit there and like look at this building. And it's just it's basically most of the time just this woman in the yard. And then this guy mm-hmm. shows up and like rapes her. And he has like a AK-47. And the first time you see him, she's they're like, oh, is that the guy? And they're like, no, that's not the guy. Um, but he just keeps coming to the house and like raping her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's like nothing they can do, but you kind of see them mm-hmm. all registering. Yeah. Like, they're just is... kind of passively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So there's some some drama at home with Ethan Hawke and January Jones because he's up for a big promotion because he's like the best pilot, the drone pilot they have. Um, but he really wants to get back out in a plane. Yeah. And so he has like resignation papers like ready to go because if he's not going to be able to get back on a plane, like he doesn't want to do this job anymore. Yeah. Um, so they get into a bit of a fight about that. Yeah. And it's mostly just like, we kind of see him go back and forth from work to it's you kind of just see like the repetitiveness of what he does. But yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of it's like, yeah you see them like yeah drone strike a lot of people basically yeah um yeah he, he, uh, the, a lot of the strife is like he won't talk to his wife about anything and and he, he, she feels that he's kind of uh absent from the relationship yeah she, she said at one point like the son is, is needs a math tutor and he's like i need the money for that mm-hmm. yeah i mean he just seems like he's not able to talk about what's happening you know kind of he kind of bottles it and that's like where the strife in the relationship comes in. Yeah. 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 And, and we, we see like in the beginning, we see like Bruce Green would give this kind of like speech to the yes, young very, recruits. Like lots of fucking up. this and fucking that. Yeah, yeah. And lots of. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's a very, I feel like it's a very trailer speech. You know? yeah. 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 But it's also like, yeah, this is kind of but where it's not like, the. It's not, like, it's not meant to be kind of. Like, I feel like a lot of the time, like, you see a speech like that, you expect it to be like, you know, we're righteous and we're going to go win this. Yeah. But it's a li- it's not, it's like not rousing in that way. It's more like kind of like, 
this is the way things are basically mm-hmm. he's just like, yeah he's just like you know these are he he makes some jokes about their age they're like oh i have food in my fridge he's talking about the recruits like i have food in my fridge that's older than you mm-hmm. and of course no one laughs and then he's like talking about the drone program and he's saying like um that like he's he's just not that enthusiastic about it but he's basically like yeah i mean i think his main thing though is that like this it may feel like a video game because yeah. a lot of them are were actually picked up because they are like gamers yeah but mm-hmm. and it may feel like a video game but it's not actually a video game because people are really being killed yeah 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 he says it's real That's what he says shit is real yeah um there was one there was one line that i kind of liked that was um where Ethan Hawke is like on his way to work and he uh, he passes by this cop and the cop goes, how's the war on terror going? And Ethan Hawke says kind of like your war on drugs. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. That was a fun Ethan Hawke moment. I think he did like a really great job in this movie. Mm-hmm. Just because like you said, like it's really just he goes to work and he goes home and that's kind of the entire movie. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. think he does a really good job of like playing a lot of emotions, but in someone who like can't even handle or process his emotions, but he's still yeah. playing all of those emotions, I think really effectively. Yeah. There's basically kind of like, it's a lot of, the movie's kind of like a lot of scenes. There's not exactly a whole, there's a few like plot elements that happen um yeah there's like there's not a whole lot like necessarily like a it's not that plotty there's just kind of a few major things that are happening it's sort of his marriage is kind of starting to come apart and then it's him wanting to get back on a plane and then the other big thing that happens is that this related to the drone strikes the cia takes over the drone strike program yeah, and they have like much looser guidelines for what yeah. merits being targeted. Yes. Yeah, so basically it goes from uh, I, they had they had these specific terms that they use, but they, they had like uh, they wanted proof or I don't remember exactly what the terms were, but one of them the, like the original like approach was that they had to have proof that like a f- you know like intel that this person who was actually who they. Yeah. we're looking for because mm-hmm. they know that like basically everyone in the area has guns like just seeing someone with a gun go to a building is not enough to prove that they're like related to any terrorist organizations or anything like that. right but the cia says that they just want like a pattern of behavior so if they see something that looks like terrorism then that's enough to call a strike but the problem that they the that the this drone team has is that basically anything like at a glance kind of looks like it could be terrorist behavior because everyone's walking around with these weapons they're interacting with the same people so so to them it doesn't rise to the level of like constituting what drone strike Mm -hmm. would be like appropriate for but to the cia it's like oh anything that could be is good enough for them and so you kind of see like in the beginning bruce greenwood is the one that like is deciding like okay we're gonna we're gonna do this we're gonna not do this but then it kind of gets taken over by a an anonymous person on the other end of the line a cia agent who is um basically goes by langley <laughs> yes yeah. yeah um 
Yeah, they have they have a lot of nicknames for for the CIA. Yeah, there's a lot of like uh, military code words, and they like use Zoe Kravitz as like the newbie, so that the, the yeah, rest of the, like, Bruce probably, Greenwood uh, explains yeah. it and stuff. Yeah, Christianity in action. Christianity in action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. Funny. yeah. Um. Yeah. So they. So basically, the CIA on the other end of the line is telling them what to do, and we see the scene play out like kind of multiple times where. Um, they're like oh but there's civilians there and then the cia is like takes time to explain why this is you know why these orders are uh yeah what they are and then you like just do it or whatever i think it's pretty interesting that they kind of use like the cia is kind of kind of like an antagonist so they yeah. can kind of absolve the air force and the drone team specifically of like they're 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 like being bad actors in this like they they, they at before like right before see the cia comes in they like accidentally kill some children yeah and i thought i thought they were coming in because of that but i guess like that's not even like they don't even consider that yeah like, there's yeah, no consequences yeah. for that at all yeah yeah so the, the, yeah there's a sort of like this righteousness that is like placed on the air force in this in the sense of like that they wouldn't intentionally harm civilians or things like that, but the CIA makes them. CIA, mm-hmm. um, and specifically, they, they also say it comes up to the administration. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the the, the, the Duff thing that I was talking about. It's like it all kind of splits apart, but it's from the same source. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was interesting. I thought that 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 was one of the things that I felt was a little bit like unclear. Just like the the idea that like. Zoe Kravitz or like some of these other people who like signed up to be like drone pilots Mm -hmm. they kind of knew what they were signing up for it's not like they were signing up for like the army where you kind of you sign up and then whatever ends up happening happens but this is like the specific program that you sign up for it's not like you just join the air force and then that's my understanding anyways yeah yeah I think they specifically bring it up in the movie where some people had to like apply for a couple times or, or were pushed out because like um i think i think ethan hawk's co-pilot before was like uh discharged because he was found with coke or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so, yeah, like, so it's, like, it's not like you can just be dropped into this program like you 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 get there i mean so that was kind of one of the things that i felt was a little bit like not totally believable to me that like zoe kravitz especially but the other characters as well were so indignant at the idea at the the very concept of like even using drones and they had so much like kind of um i don't know antipathy toward the idea which like i think is sort of supposed to serve as like a proxy for the audience but it just to me it's not that believable that someone who like signed up to be a drone pilot would be this you know do you know what i mean i do know what you mean i just i think that you could you know be a person that gets kind of swept up in the idea of like oh i have this talent like i'm you know good at video games or whatever and i also care about my country Mm-hmm. and kind of get swept up in that and thinking oh i can do this but then when you actually get there and the you know like what you have to do is kind of 
more extreme than what you thought you would have to do mm-hmm. i could see mm-hmm. that because she hadn't been in it very long that's true yeah you know and so like by the end spoiler alert she turns in her wings mm-hmm. so she completely is like this is not for me right and i think it's pretty i like i, I could see how that could happen okay mm-hmm. yeah she also flirts with ethan hawk the whole time yeah <laughs> yeah yeah she so does she, like, okay gives, gives, gives that's true. Yeah, that's this the is where the the I was going to mention the age difference. This is the first time where I've really felt like it was a startling age difference between Ethan Hawke and his romantic interests. Yeah. Yeah. So like he is married to January Jones, but this whole time he kind of has this like sexual tension going on with Zoe Kravitz. And it's yeah. like truly like he could be her dad. Yeah. I, I had to really With Lenny Kravitz. Th- like Lenny Kravitz, yeah. I had to like <laughs> think about it for a while before I understood like, oh, this is like happening. Uh-huh. Between them. It was yeah. Well, how how old is she? Like what what's the actual age difference? Mm, let's see. Oh, I was also Googling Ethan Hawke's car because I think this is his car. Oh, yeah. He always he's always driving a, a old like muscle car in these yeah. movies. Yeah, pretty cool car. With his aviators. She's 31 now. So she's like almost 20 years younger than him. Wow. So right. technically he could be like he is technically old enough to be her father. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. quite, not like, you know, but yeah. Right. Not average dad. Not age, average but, dad age. But, but old enough. Yeah. Lonnie wow. Gravitz is 56, so that's, like, only mm. a few years older than Ethan Hawke. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Yep. So, yeah, it was a lot for me to <laughs> process there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that happened. Is that the first time in Hawkeyes where, that, like, the age gap is kind of that bad? To the best of my knowledge, as far as I can tell, this is the first time where that's really happened. Yeah, I guess so. We've seen a lot of movies. We have well, seen a lot of movies. We're, yeah. Um, let me I'll I'll let me take a quick look through all his movies real quick and see if there's anything. Stands out to you. Yeah. Pull up my sheets. My Google Sheets. Yeah, I love Google Sheets. Shout out to Google Sheets. Um Are they a sponsor on the show? No too bad oh and then he has i wrote down where he says one minnesota two minnesota and then she says isn't it mississippi and he's like i'm from st paul (laughs) that was good okay so i think sorry not to cut you off but the only other time i could think of like a bit of an age difference between him and a love interest is in woman in the fifth Mm. where he's he hooks up with that waitress but he also hooks up with Kristen Scott Thomas in that movie, who is older than him. Yeah, so, so balances it, it balances out. Yeah, out. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it equals to one age-appropriate uh, part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, so I do actually think this is his car, his own car in this movie. This is my really. This is my Ooh, theory wow. is that it's his car because it looks the same as the car from Boyhood. And so I googled Ethan Hawke car. And there's a an article in Motor Trend. <laughs> it's called Celebrity Drive, Ethan Hawke Star of Getaway. Oh, maybe this, so this is, is just, just about the about getaway the, the car. Shelby, whatever. Gosh dang it. Hold on. Because that's clearly not the same car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, no. He says, I've got four kids, so I drive a Chevy Suburban 2002. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. He doesn't have a sports car. A sports car, too. It's just like boyhood. He trades in the sports car for the minivan. What is a Suburban? <laughs> Suburban's like a big SUV, isn't it? I think so. I think it's a big car that he could tote all of his kids around in. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's like the car that they drive. It's similar to the car they drive in uh, Queer Eye. Mm-hmm. That one. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of like that. I think that's what Chevy Suburban is. It's not a minivan. It's like a big SUV. I think. He says, "I've had a lot of old cars. I had a '68 Fastback Mustang. I had this really souped-up Chevy Nova at one point. <laughs> uh, but the trouble with those old fun cars is they always break down. Okay, so I guess this isn't his car. Yeah, that's a bummer." He, but he hand distressed it. But yeah, I just. It was a new car and then he hand distressed it. Well, then I think this kind of goes into our full. But to me, though, even though this clearly he drives a sensible car now. Yeah. But I think it is, it does kind of feel like part of the image of Ethan Hawke throughout his filmography is this kind of car. Because we've seen it, you know, in this one, we've seen it in Boyhood. We've just, like, so many times I feel like we've seen him driving these, like, American cars, even Cymbeline, you know? He had like a yellow like uh, yeah, convertible, yeah, like yeah. an old yellow convertible. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, like an American car is like such an Ethan Hawke vibe. Yeah, but especially like an older one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's cool, but he's still an everyman. You yeah. Know? He's not going to have the newest, hottest car. It's mm-hmm. going to be the one that his dad had and taught him <laughs> how to fix up like that. That's yeah. the image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the image. Yeah. And here he's like, he's got the leather jacket on and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I kind of like from the promotional uh, the promotional material. Like I just like looking up Good Kill. He looked kind of like I, I saw like uh, Tom uh, uh, Tom Cruise and like Top Gun, with, like yeah, the yeah, yeah, aviators and the fly suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was um, shocked that he was like, "I'm gonna do drone pilots." So. Yeah, and that's yeah. actually something that like. To, to the point of like what he's wearing he makes a comment about it to bruce greenwood mm-hmm. yeah. he's like they're like having a meeting and he's like why do we wear flight suits mm-hmm. and then he doesn't really have an answer for him yeah i mean i think it i mean i think it makes sense for like trying to put you to to remind you that you're like flying a real thing you know yeah. like so that you don't feel completely disconnected from what right. it is that you're doing like wearing something that you would wear to fly a plane like could make you feel more connected to the action that you're yeah, doing. Yeah. I do think it actually makes sense. Yeah, but I would imagine like more of like just like a uniform rather than Mhm. Hmm. Yeah, like a jumpsuit rather than the flight suit. Yeah. yeah. Cuz there, there's like an Air Force like uniform, I don't know what it looks like, but like and then there's the difference between that and like the actual flight suit that you would put on to get inside a plane. So I would imagine, like intuitively, that you would actually be wearing like, like a uniform. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, you're not gonna be wearing like jeans. Yeah. Because that's not like allowed. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Except so... on casual Friday. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So the team goes out to Vegas to bond because they've had kind of a rough go of it with all the cia business and also on top of it with some like differences in like political views 
amongst yeah. the team. Mm -hmm. So like Zimmer, who's kind of a young guy, like a, like a kind of trigger happy young guy, I yeah. would say. Um, and also the bald guy whose name we cannot remember. Yeah. Um, they both are like, you know, everyone over there is a terrorist. They all deserve this. Like if we yeah. stop shooting mm -hmm. them, they won't stop shooting us, you know? Yeah. They, they... Yeah, at one point, at one point, Zoe Kravitz says this is like the perfect uh, recruiting tool, and then he says like, then we'll we'll kill them before they we'll kill them before they like, can be recruited. Yeah, yeah, we can exactly. kill them faster than they can be recruited. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so but they do all have to work together. So Zoe Kravitz recommends that they all go out for a night on the town. Yeah, so that they can try to get along. And uh, that's when I wrote down, ooh, sexual tension between Ethan Hawke and Zoe Kravitz. Ah. Very, Starts very sexual tension. Yeah, she's wearing like a tight, a tight dress, you know, which we've never seen her in before because it's always been at the, yeah, you know, at the base. And he's wearing the flight suit. <laughs> <laughs> no, never he's wearing a, he's wearing like a leather jacket and like jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. And. Yeah. And is then that was, is that when he? He he leaves drunk, or is that is that a different scene? Yeah, so he leaves then, and then he goes to the liquor store, and then he. Oh yeah. I yeah. think that's when he gets upset and he throws the bottle at the TV, oh. and then he and then when he leaves there, he drives and he has like clearly an open bottle of alcohol in his car. Yeah, and the, then cop, he, the cop from before comes in. Yeah, that same cop comes and so he runs a red light i feel like that's so convenient that it's the same cop that holds him over when mm -hmm. like before the cop was like very far like not in the strip at all and now yeah, he was like getting... where, he, where he works yeah yeah um, he works he well that's his beat it's he he works the ethan hawk beat <laughs> <laughs> so it's just wherever wherever ethan hawk is that's his that's where he patrols mm-hmm so yeah so then the cop is like he sees the open bottle and he's like listen like i was a vet i'm a vet like i'll you know let you get away with this i'll make sure you get home safe so he must i don't know why he let him drive i think he like drove behind him to make sure he yeah, got home but like we get you home safe I would being like you him. park your car and i will drive yeah, you home yeah like it's i don't know but i mean parking on the strip forget about it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so then Ethan Hawke gets home, and this this he has a kind of cute scene first with his daughter, which I marked as my most Ethan Hawke line. Mm. Um, his daughter's still like awake when he gets home, and it's pretty late. And she says she's think. Uh, he asks why she's still awake, and she's like, "I'm thinking." And he asks, "What are you thinking about?" And she says, "Everything." And then he says, "That's a lot to think about." And I just thought that mm -hmm. whole exchange was kind of like the, maybe the most Ethan Hawke thing that happens. Like mm -hmm. s seeing him with kids, especially when we're in this kind of like dad era of Ethan Hawke. We've right. entered the dad era, um, not dad 1989, but Ethan <laughs> Hawke as a dad. And now he's the dad. He's the dad. Oh, what would the dad remake be? Who would he, So he's Ted Danson uh -huh. now. Okay. Who would his dad be? Ooh, yeah. To dancing. To yeah, dancing yeah. Still, <laughs> yeah, still to dancing. Yeah. And the son would be, I don't know. Um, yeah, who would the son be? Timothy Shell. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we <laughs> oh, go. Maya Hawk. We flip it on its head. Oh, nice, nice. Crazy. Yeah, You're so no, progressive. They cast women now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I would love to see Timothy Chalamet play Ethan Hawke's son, though. Uh huh. That's, that would be cool, too. That's what I want. He would make a good young Ethan Hawke. Huh? He would, he would play a good young Ethan Hawke. 
Yeah, I mean his hair is so curly though. That's yeah, the, he, I mean, he doesn't look like him, but I could see like they'd have to him do something with energy. his hair. Yeah, he has the the energy yeah. for sure. The Santa Cruz energy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Ethan Hawke and Zoe Kravitz. Oh, okay, so there's like another like rough day, and then Ethan Hawke and Zoe Kravitz are like finally leaving. You know, they're like trying to go home, and then they get you know taken in to do more work. Uh, yeah yeah because there's like they're like there's no one else here you got to do this and so then they end up watching over soldiers while they sleep because they like they're out in the middle of nowhere but they're all like exhausted so they need to sleep so they just like have their drone parked over these guys while they sleep for like six hours yeah yeah um that was like his pet dog moment that was like oh i'm actually doing something good yeah yeah yeah. he he ended up feeling positive about this yeah part of his job yeah it's like the only time we've seen him really like feel like good about it yeah yeah um yeah but then i think the next day they which s- which, well, which i think kind of goes into his like final straw part or like where he kind of like mm-hmm. we right. get to because it. it doesn't end up going so well cause these soldiers that he was protecting end mm-hmm. up walking into an ied and then no that's actually a different group i think oh, that's a different group? yeah oh okay yeah um, because yeah, so this time when uh, he and Zoe Kravitz are watching over these soldiers, they like um, just say good morning, and then they're done for the day, and they get to go yeah. home and just like be okay for once. Um, but yeah, but then the next day they see that man rape that woman again, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like all, you know, everything's the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also has a fight with his wife because he had to, he couldn't like pick up. Uh, his daughter or his kids yes yeah and he's like sitting at this like basically in the cockpit of this Mm -hmm. drone Mm -hmm. and he's just like sitting like texting his wife (laughs) like he's in like school or something yeah i thought that was so weird like i kind of i don't really know how it works but i kind of don't imagine that you can just have your I was going to say, there's no way the Air yeah. Force will allow the uh, phones in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I'm thinking. Like, in my company, you know, I'd say, just have our phones open and we don't do anything like this. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, yeah I kind of don't see that you would be able to have your cell phone just even in that, in that, in the hangar space, whatever that thing is called, mm-hmm. in the shipping crate that they're using. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of weird. That felt, that felt like, I was like, well, this doesn't seem like protocol. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, and like Bruce about this, this. standing right over him, and he's just like has the phone under the yeah. table, mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh can't make it home or whatever. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah, we talk about their sus missions. Their what? Their sus missions. What about the? Oh yeah, so there's a few that the CIA has them do. Yeah, yeah, like they're they're in Yemen. They're like in they're like attacking. Uh, right so it's just like a group of people that are standing there yeah and they're not you know doing anything and there's no clear evidence of any of them in particular yeah, I like think a neutral it's... country and then yeah like, the da is like we respect this sovereignty or whatever but terrorist is a terrorist or whatever yeah, yeah. Like, you can't do that it's pretty rude yeah 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 that's that's another part of it is that they keep like they the missions themselves get more extreme and more like um I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but indiscriminate basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the locations get more, they keep going out of what their usual 
kind of yeah they start they start in pakistan and then most of most of it is in afghanistan but then they go to like yemen yeah they go to these yeah. different places mm-hmm. um yeah there's like a a farmer and they have them blow up like his like farmhouse and they're like yeah no it's a factory for weapons but it's clearly like just, he's a, just farmhouse. a farmer yeah and, and they, they also they also sh- they also fire on the scavengers or like the first responders. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I um yeah, that one was particularly striking cuz I just uh finished listening to the entire Hunger Games series on uh, the audiobooks. And, and no, but that's like something that I talk about a lot in Mockingjay, the third book in the series. They like um like one of the characters is devising is trying to figure out like the best way to you know take out the most people like the most enemies and that's that's the strategy is like to to kill i mean children first in the in mockingjay it's like to kill a large group of children first and then have all of the first responders come and then take all of them out yeah yeah that's just yeah that's what happens in this movie yeah 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 and they and again the same thing happens where they're like oh the they're just like they're just responding like they're not doing anything and then the CIA is like mm-hmm. you know they're affiliated blow them up yeah I was, I was a little surprised at that scene because I, I wasn't sure that they were going there like they were they would like be that uh, you know they would like portray that horrible of a scene yeah and that like because that's like that's like very critical of like you know what the Air Force and or what the drone program is mm-hmm. so you kind of like hinted it before but you're never sure that they'll go that like you know that harsh on it but that's like that's that's pretty up there yeah one scene that i th- or one shot that i thought was really interesting maybe because it's like one of the only shots that's a little bit different in this movie where he's not just sitting there or he's not like inside his house um ethan hawk is in his backyard like i don't think it's real grass i think he was making his fake grass green or whatever mm. you know whatever you do in las vegas with grass um <laughs> and um, and he's doing this in he's the smoking. backyard. He's smoking, and he looks up though, and then there's a shot of the whole house and him from like way up high. And I thought that was really interesting because it was like what it would look like if a drone was looking down at him. Yeah, yeah. The, the, that's the that I think that's one of the the better uh, sort of ideas in this movie is that you see him. He's like he looks up at the sky a lot, mm-hmm. and he's clearly yeah. kind of thinking about like. Because they they repeatedly say like even if they were looking straight at us they wouldn't be able to see us yeah so he's kind of thinking like what if like what if there was a drone up there like about to strike me basically Mm -hmm. yeah and that's kind of the you know I don't know you know is this when he says the line about the the blue skies or is that later that's later but we can hop ahead oh well no I guess we should talk first about how that big fight that Ethan Hawke and January Jones have um right. in the middle of the night um so he's like waiting up for her because she went out with some girlfriends and or did uh, she, or did she? <laughs> yeah yeah so ethan hawk thinks that she's cheating on him and they uh they fight and she you know she's drunk and she does say like we shouldn't do this right now but then he he insists on you know getting into it but then because they've gotten into it she like goads him and she's like you know take it out on me hit me and then he almost does but then he just like punches a mirror over and over again until his fist yeah. is bloody he, he mentions that he hit, he has hit her before though yes mm-hmm. yeah he did say one did time one time yeah. yeah um 
Yeah. So that was a lot. And then he leaves and he sleeps at, he sleeps in his car by the base like overnight. Yeah. And then when he does he like dreams of flying. Like he it's this whole yeah. sequence where he's up in a plane. Yeah, and then he goes to a liquor store, and then he goes to a mosque, and he just parks, and he watches the mosque, and that made me yeah. very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah I that was, was weird. I was very worried about... I wasn't sure if he wanted to, like, co- like make it the connection stronger in his head that they're, like, real people with normal lives, if that's what it was go- he was going for, or if he... I don't know what. I think that's what that is. Yeah. yeah. I think he was trying to like wallow in guilt. Yeah. By like looking yeah. at people who look like people who he kills, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But then we get to the scene where so Ethan Hawke is like back home again, and he's telling January Jones a story about how he blew up a family in a house, and then he blew up the funeral, and it kind of cuts back and forth between them standing out, like kind of looking out at the Nevada desert. And then um, it cuts back and forth between that and then, like, you get to see, like, the whole drone visual mm-hmm. of that. And I think that's when he talks about the blue sky. I don't remember what he said. Yeah, exactly. he, 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 this is when he starts opening up to his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's like, Jesus. Yeah. And I think she, that like, she, because he had never really talked to her about it, like, she didn't really understand how bad it was for mm-hmm. him yeah um did she but she knew he was a drone pilot right yeah but i don't think i i think that it's easy for you to like dissociate with especially maybe with someone that's close to you yeah you know um if you if he acts like it's he's so quiet all the time and acts like it's fine you know right yeah so i think there's also a bit of there i think there has to be a bit of willful a bit of willful ignorance yeah because like the drone program was already pretty well publicized at this point there were plenty of news stories about it so it wasn't exactly a secret mm-hmm. and it wasn't a secret that like how many instances of uh unarmed uh you know non-combatants being hit by drone strikes so i think you you wouldn't have to look that hard to know what the drone program was yeah uh, uh captain uh christopher pike uh, like already mentions that the criticisms of like uh, the drone program and stuff mm-hmm. yeah he mentions it yeah yeah so i mean they finally so they finally have that kind of like watershed moment between the two of them and then the next day he still he has to go to work and he's like not well like he's in the car and he's about and he's just like staring out mm-hmm. and he looks really yeah. fucked up and january Broken jones down comes out to the car and says like Colin's sick like don't go in today and he screams at her and drives away yep yeah um yeah and then I think that's the day when he deliberately disobeys orders from the CIA yeah yeah so they've got an instruction to you know drone strike something yeah it's a there's a there's a group of there's a van that pulls up like a pickup right. truck that pulls up yeah two guys get out and there's a woman and a child sitting in the bed of the pickup truck. And the CIA says, strike the, hit the truck. And he's like, okay. And then he uses the, basically the like view, the cursor. The, it's like a mm-hmm. little tracking pad thing. Yeah. It's like a little ball that yeah. tracks. Like the, one of those ergonomic mouses, but mm-hmm. mice. Yeah, but... they use, they use to track the 
whatever and he mm-hmm. like he pushes it and then it pans way up and he like he's like oh i lost the link or whatever mm-hmm. which is they do establish that before, before. Uh, yeah. in an earlier scene yeah. yeah so it can happen accidentally but it was like pretty clear in this instance that yeah, he yeah. did it on purpose and then when he does get the link back together or whatever he um the cia guy says just shoot the car and then he's uh, shoot the truck and then he's like which truck and he just kind of like keeps flip flipping yeah because the truck has left the spot that they were before and they and now they're like looking over a a busy street and there's a bunch of there's like a but just a bunch of white trucks that are driving around Mm -hmm. um and so then he's like which truck which trucks are like he keeps kind of he's like sort of intentionally yeah no like he knows Mm -hmm. which truck yeah but um and then they kind of yeah, they dismiss him because, I mean, it's pretty obvious what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think, like, Zoe Kravitz does, like, a little nod of support when he's sent away. Yeah. 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 Um, I think I think Zoe uh, hesitates first, right? Because he says, like, laser, yeah. and she's like... She waits. Yeah, she waits. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, January Jones takes the kids to her sisters in Reno. Yeah, she says, I'm taking my kids to my sisters, which every time That's I hear a- that... It just makes me think of the thing from SNL, the Heidi Gardner bit that she does on oh, Weekend Update. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, there's this bit from Weekend Update where Heidi Gardner's like... She's like wrestler's girlfriend. Yeah, every boxy, every boxer's girlfriend in every boxing movie. That's like her character. And she always says... I'm, I'm taking, taking my, my kids, kids to my, my sisters. sisters. Yeah. Yeah. So every time anyone, and that's literally, every time anyone says that in a movie, yeah. I'm just like, oh, this is I think that, someone that knows. Because I think this has happened before. It, the only other Ethan Hawke movie I could really think of with that exact line is um, The Jimmy Show uh, with Carla Gugino yeah. taking taking yeah, the daughter yeah. to her sisters yeah, down in Philly sisters. or whatever. Yeah. 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 Which I just thought was, you know, I mean, it's an emotional moment, yeah. but it's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then you think after this he's gonna spiral, but he goes to the bathroom and he dumps out his his bathroom vodka. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. he's about to make a, a positive change in his life. He's going. He's going clean. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so he gets demoted. So he's doing surveillance only. No, no drone strikes, which I think is a good yeah. thing for him. Mm-hmm. Um. And then Zoe Kravitz stops by for to give him her. I feel like he does a lot of things that you would get you would like go to jail for yeah uh, whatever yeah. that term is for court like, martial people mm-hmm. yeah 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 this the 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 world of the military in this movie is in some ways i feel like more softer loose yeah yeah you just yeah. bring yourself onto the drone strike <laughs> yeah center mm-hmm. yeah they're very they're very uh positive on their portrayal of like the air force in compared in like they've kind of put the 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 uh um the evils of of, of drone warfare specifically on the yeah CIA. it's like yeah. it's yeah. not drone warfare that's the problem here it's specifically the way that the cia is you yeah know? exactly yeah. Yeah. It's, not, it's, not, of... it's not it's not the program itself Mm-hmm. yeah it's, yeah it's, exactly it's, it's that, that's kind of that's kind of what i was saying earlier about the political message of this movie feeling a little bit muddled because it's like what what are we trying to like what are we exactly trying to say about um you know 
drones in general and these wars and things like that yeah and i think entirely clear to me bruce greenwood especially his two he makes that big speech to new recruits like twice yeah and there's something there is something a little confusing about his speech that's like very like patriotic very like we need to do this for our country but also very like this is not great yeah It, it is confusing yeah i think i think the messaging of this movie is a little bit muddled and especially at the end because we so basically the last thing he does before he quits yeah i was gonna say that his act of heroism is a little weird yeah he uses Mm -hmm. the drone so he basically he's like oh everyone you can take a break or whatever uh and then he uses the he like takes over the both sides of the Uh because it's a two-person job but he takes over both Mm -hmm. sides of it and he uses the drone to blow up the the guy that's the rapist yeah yeah and he he doesn't do a great job because he lets the guy Almost get too close her. to the yeah. to the courtyard where she is. Yeah. Um and he almost blows her up and she doesn't end up dying, but he's like, Oh, thank God, like she didn't die. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, it was like and, and then he like walks out, he leaves and gets in his car and drives away. But like They all I, they all just let him do that yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah which you can't just walk off an air base like that's also like yeah. deserting yeah. that's yeah court like there, there was like a military police there and he like had uh, his like fucking gun and they were like yeah. banging on the door yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah that yeah that was weird he gets in the car and drives to Reno. it's like just because the base isn't in uh another country doesn't mean you're not still deserting yeah yeah mm-hmm. it was weird um, but also, yeah, the, like what you were saying, like the act of like quote unquote heroism, it's a bit like, okay, so it's okay to use drones as long as we have a personal, you know, feeling about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's, almost, it's, it's almost like saying like uh, the issue is that um, we muddled up like who's the bad guy and who's the good guy. But that's like the whole pro- point is that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make it clear. Right. Yeah. Like like his his whole arc is like he needs to go back into the plane because it was simpler then because he was fighting a war and he knew who the you know who the enemies were and I guess they were saying we should just like I don't know it's it's, it almost seems like the point of this we we should be killing the rapist not everybody else but he almost kills the you know her as well yeah it's like the the movie is trying to tell us that you know the CIA is bad for making them kill non combatants. And then he goes and kills a non-combatant who like yeah. is obviously doing a very terrible thing, but is not a combatant. Like it's not, he's just a guy that's in the village mm-hmm. and is raping this woman. Yeah. And then, but that's okay because we saw it happen and it's upsetting for us. And this is kind of, that was just kind of like, that, that didn't feel right to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for him, he's just like, he's really longing to be doing something good and like worthwhile and I think that he's, like, killed so many innocent people that, like, he feels like at least he has control over this one thing, you know? Yeah. Even though it's yeah. not it's not yeah. really a good thing. Yeah. To just no, take, I get it. It's, but, it's like they're trying to... Like, he feels like, like he's saving... Her. I think for him, he feels like he's actually actively saving this woman. Right. Instead yeah. of just, like, killing children, you know? Right. But it's still it's still not, like... Yeah, I'm not, like, defending him. It, I just... Not, like, yeah. It just doesn't... No, I think it's just, like, at this point, like, it makes sense for his, like, personal arc. 
but mm-hmm. it's also that's where it confuses the political message. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Because yeah. they need they need him to have something, but it kind of conflicts with like what you're trying to say. Exactly. Or kind of yeah. it muddles the whole thing a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. Yeah. That, that. So that's that's overall kind of just my my feeling on it. That that's that scene in in particular kind of, and also other things about it. Um, just sort of yeah the political messaging is kind of muddled and the narrative is kind of a little bit i don't know it's not the most compelling Mm -hmm. you know yeah i'd say yeah like i just think that like yeah ethan hawk has a really strong performance and that's Mm -hmm. my my personal takeaway from this movie he was just really good in it yeah no yeah i believed him i just didn't really whatever else you know, his, his his personal his like his character was was pretty good like this is like you know his story was interesting but like because it's in the context of this like like pretty significant political situation yeah that was like contemporary to the movie it's like it's kind of like uh, you know it's a little weird at the end yeah. yeah but yeah like this whole like arc like it all makes sense like this is his like that's why it's like it's, it's a good kill and like that's his good kill or whatever and then mm-hmm. his whole thing was like he felt good about he he did something that's like unambiguously good when he like just watched over people. That's just, just what he's looking for, like some kind of heroism. Yeah. It's like, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't think that like the the writing like outside of yeah. it was was incredible I, I don't think a for lot any of other character. characters were flushed out as much as he was. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I also think there was like a lot of kind of like exposition y dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, so like Bruce Greenwood especially would I think towards the in the first half of the movie there's a lot more kind of like explaining things that in that situation like they wouldn't have needed explaining. Yeah. You know, that that's I'm like for the audience. So yeah, that I'm not so bent up about because it does as a viewer, like we are seeing things that are, ter- we're going to be encountering terms that are not familiar to like the public. So I kind of understand to a certain extent that like, okay, yeah, you know, in some, in a lot of cases, you don't want to do too much expositiony dialogue. But we are dealing with kind of like technical terminology or like slang. There's a lot of slang that's used. Um, so it it does to me that didn't bother me so much that they would feel the need to say this is what we call you know the cia or this is what we call you know whatever that that didn't bother me as much because it does it does help the audience yeah i just feel like there's like a more graceful way to do it than how it was done in this movie. Mm. yeah um yeah and i also think that like the character zimmer was very you know like intentionally one-dimensional to present the like opposing viewpoint mm. you know which yeah. is fine too yeah but yeah, like none of the other characters, even Zoe Kravitz, yeah, who I feel yeah. like she felt pretty flat, like her, that she, character. I think she, yeah, like I said, I feel like she was a little bit too like, you know. She's almost there just for the message or like to be that, like yeah. the criticism of this. Because she doesn't do much besides that. Mm-hmm. Besides wanting to fuck Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, who can blame her? But, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, they were hot together. <laughs> it no. didn't do it for me. Didn't I like them you. separately. I do not like them together. It disturbs me. Too, too, too big of a difference. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, review from New York Times. Um. 
Stephen Holden of the New York Times, he had some nice things to say about Ethan Hawke in this movie. He said, Mr. Hawke's anguished performance gives Good Kill a hot emotional center. And then later on in the review, he also says, um, what does he say? This is a pretty long review. Um, he also says, as Tom's drinking worsens and his inner turmoil reaches a boil, Mr. Hawk recalls Harrison Ford in his haunted, Ooh. paranoid mode. At any second, you expect him to vomit up his bilious rage, but he resists. <laughs> so, that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, he, he had a really good performance in this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Peter Travers from Rolling Stone also said, about this movie, uh, Ethan Hawke digs deep and gives one of his best performances as Tom Egan, a former fighter pilot in Iraq, now assigned to a base near Las Vegas. Um, yeah, much shorter review. The thing that this kind of made me think of was uh, The Looming Tower. Yes. Which is kind of, it's about, it's basically about another agency butting heads with the CIA. And this, in that case, in the Looming Tower, it's the FBI who's investigating uh, the bombing of the USS Cole. And they're basically, they're tracking Osama bin Laden um, and different Al-Qaeda operatives. And the CIA kind of steps in and mm-hmm. screws everything up, basically. Fucking yeah. like CIA, dude. Yeah. But that that's based hey, on, man. that's based on, like, like this is based on a real thing mm-hmm. but the characters are all fictitious and things like that yeah the good kill is the same a good kill is the same way it's also based on all true story instances oh it is oh okay. yeah yeah mostly things from wikileaks mm-hmm. interesting yeah. mm-hmm. well that makes it interesting yeah yeah i didn't know that um yeah i read that on wikipedia um i can pull that up for more specific information in just a moment my phone's being non-cooperative yeah, they they like blow up a funeral too. That's one of the sus things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Where did I read that? I swear I read that somewhere. The CIA must have deleted it. <laughs> Ooh, damn. CIA sucks. Dude. Everybody hates the CIA too. Yeah. Was it was it uh, JFK or like Nixon who was like, uh, I want to just fucking destroy the CIA? I think it was Nixon. I don't know. I didn't know that. He like hated the CIA because he said that. Wasn't it the CIA that was the? Were they? Was that the Bay of Pigs? I think it was. Yeah, so it must. It probably wasn't Kennedy because that was his idea. They killed. They killed Kennedy. Damn, dude. You're gonna cut this out, Harvey. (laughs) You can't say this out loud. Yeah, otherwise the CIA will come get you. Christians in action. Yeah, they call them the spooks too. Yeah, which I think is just like a general slang for spies. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, I'm really close. There's an article from Wired <laughs> about Good Kill. Uh. Okay. Um. Nichol sent his screenplay to the U.S. Department of Defense during production, but didn't get any assistance. When you tell an uncomfortable truth, that's the way it works, he says. Instead, he went online. I should have credited WikiLeaks and Bradley Manning because those leaks are the reason I could see drone strikes and make them as authentic as possible. 
He also consulted four former drone pilots who helped recreate that drone's remote control system, which is typically based on Xbox controllers. The younger guys... Yeah, they mentioned, they mentioned that in the movie. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. Bruce Greenwood says that. Yeah, the younger guys would have a shift in Vegas, then go home and play video games, says Nickel. I didn't put it in because no one would believe it. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so WikiLeaks was a... Source. A large source of information for this movie. That is interesting. Mm -hmm. So they didn't get any cooperation from the Department of Defense. No. Do you know if there's anything from the Air Force or? I don't know. I didn't. See they usually have like that. okay stuff that has their portrayal, right? I know the Army does for like movies. Yeah, I don't know how that works. I don't know. But isn't the Air Force isn't that under the Department of Defense? Yeah, I think that so, makes sense. So then wouldn't they? Okay. If the Department of so, Defense so, so now, in general, okay. then it's probably mm -hmm. the same as, as the Air Force saying no. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. Was there anything else about this movie? No, I don't think so, Jonathan. Would you like to share a hawk fact? Sure, yeah. yeah. Geo, would you like to do a hawk noise? <laughs> oh, okay. Sensual. Deep. Um, well, I think I might have touched on this before, but there's some kind of interesting uh, information about um, hawks and drones. Mm -hmm. So not predator drones, because those are, I don't know, enormous, mm -hmm. but the kind of uh, small Smaller commercial drones, drones that yeah. you can buy, um, things like that. And those are kind of actually, those are... There, there are, you know, I mean, there are issues with those, like, related to, they can be used for nefarious purposes. Mm -hmm. um, they're not as deadly as a predator drone, but you can use them, you can attach things to them, and, you know, they can, they can cause a lot of problems. Um, so there was this story in Europe, um, different cities in Europe, uh, about using, the, so they were actually using eagles um, to attack uh to attack drones to like mm -hmm. fly in the air and and grab drones and they kind of stopped doing this i think because the eagles didn't always do what they were instructed, were instructed to do, to do. <laughs> um and also it's just kind of an expensive uh program yeah. to upkeep when the when the eagles are not uh being used you can't just turn them off they're you yeah know, you have to take care of them and things like that and continue training them and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. um so they so i think that kind of the program has sort of not been uh has been sort of phased out um but there's still there there are some other uh like there's a story from 2018 from the moscow times about uh the kremlin using falcons um to to attack uh, unmanned aerial vehicles, mm. um, and uh, so you, so yeah, it's more often, it's more likely that it'll be eagles and falcons because hawks are smaller, so they're a little bit, they're a little bit small to be used to attack uh, larger drones, but they can do it. There are videos of uh, hawks, like there's this photo a drone's eye view oh wow of a hawk about to take down oh, shit. a drone yeah cool. so so hawks can take down drones and there's plenty of videos of hawks doing that 
um, they're just less likely. They're less likely to be trained to do that because it's going to be a little more dangerous for them. They're a little smaller. They're more likely mm-hmm. to get injured and they're more likely to like not be as effective at it because they because they because they they tend to be substantially smaller than eagles. Um, so, yeah, let's see if there's anything else about, about hawks. Yeah. Uh, even geese sometimes attack drones. <laughs> so so there's there's a lot of and and there's also like uh you know drones will be used in like by uh companies for like uh you know surveying and things like that Diff- different kinds of uses that you can have a drone for and there's there was a mining company in australia that uh lost that suffered seventy thousand dollars worth of damage to its drones because of eagles and those were just like wild eagles they were just attacking so a lot a lot of drones and things like that will get taken down by hawks and other birds of prey mm-hmm. so that's kind of interesting yeah that is a cool fun fact hawk fact so that was a few uh the atlantic uh airspacemag.com <laughs> moscow times and cnet oh great hawk fact thank you jonathan mm-hmm mm-hmm well, um, do we have anything else to say about this movie or final thoughts? No? No. We I, all good? I, I think I, I think Zoe Kravitz is pretty. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Uh, do you watch Big Little Lies? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, you should watch it. I don't watch programming. You don't watch programming? Only Gilmore Girls. Only Gilmore Girls? <laughs> that's fine. That's the most important programming. um cool well i've been harper you can find me on the internet harping about um and something i've been enjoying outside of ethan hawk lately i just have to say and i know i've mentioned the vampire diaries a few times (laughs) on this show but i've been going through it i'm on season six now and there was an, an episode that made me very emotional that i watched today and uh yeah when uh, there's a a supporting character that we've become very invested in dies and it was like the most emotional death i've seen on the show where someone dies every five seconds yeah i it's crazy every time i look up at the screen like and it's not just like a casual like oh someone you know i don't know in some shows someone gets shot and dies or whatever yeah this is like someone's head is being snapped oh yeah they snap people's necks a lot because vampires will bounce back from that but it'll put them down for a while that's the least violent way that someone dies yeah like people get like there's like people being burned alive and it's just a lot every time i look up at the screen i'm like how this is violent this is too violent for me so yeah so yeah and i mean i do feel like the show is not as good as it was in the first three seasons but i do think they've actually done a pretty good job of keeping me emotionally invested (laughs) even though it's not as good Mm -hmm. so shout out to the vampire diaries and its writers (laughs) and cast um yeah so that's my plug uh, Jonathan, where can the people find you and what have you been enjoying outside of Ethan Hawk? Okay. Uh, I'm Jonathan. You can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at John Zavaletta. Um, I think Ooh, Letterboxd. Any... What? Letterboxd. You said Letterboxd? Yeah. Yeah. We We've all have Letterboxd. <laughs> How's Not your Letterboxd going, Geo? I'm at 99 right now. Sick. <laughs> Evil. 
I um, actually recently remembered a movie that I had completely forgot I saw. Sometimes that happens, yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. It was um it was uh uh the Cronenberg kid, the son, Brandon Cronenberg. Uh-huh. The antiviral. Oh, antiviral. Yeah. I've never seen that. It's it's uh, it's gr- grisly. Yeah. But uh I watched it in like college or something I like that. I remember that. that and, yeah. and I forgot. I completely forgot that I had seen it until recently and then I logged it on my letterbox. Nice. So, hopefully that won't happen again. Mhm. No more movies will slip through the cracks. But I have the same issue with uh like Letterbox I had a much easier time going through cuz there's I mean a lot of movies get put out on a annual basis. Yeah. But it's not like books and you don't have to go as far back because yeah. i have this problem with goodreads where i'm like i i have like you know 70 books listed or whatever and i feel like over the course of my life i've read more books than that but i can't um but i just can't like i can't remember i can't like and with and with with letterbox you can go you can go back to like the 1920s or whatever you go much further you're not going to get much mm-hmm. with books books have been around for forever forever yeah hundreds and hundreds of years so yes. that's a lot tougher um which is really related to what i was going to say yeah what have you been enjoying outside of ethan Hawke? uh avatar the last airbender oh you've yeah. said that stuff you don't you don't i have you think so yeah i've said avatar the last airbender that so. i've been enjoying that yeah at least once oh but yeah, right. you could, if you're still enjoying no, okay, it, that's I'm fine. I'm gonna say Queer Eye. I'm gonna say Queer oh, okay, Eye. Okay, yeah, new Queer season Eye of Queer Eye. Yeah, we're watching the new season yeah, of Queer Eye. I watched Eye. a couple episodes of that. A few episodes. Yeah. There was one about the, the the immigrant dad from uh-huh. Mexico. Yeah, we love that. Yeah, there's some feedback. Maybe it's from that. That's Whatever. fine. Who's a who's a, a fishmonger in Philly's mm, fish market? Uh-huh. I don't know anything about Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's a sweet episode. Uh huh. I enjoyed it yeah so nice uh geo where can the people find you and what have you been enjoying outside of ethan hawk uh, you can find me on the internet i'm on letterbox i update that regularly uh what i like outside what's of your username Geo? what what's your username um i don't remember <laughs> it's, it's it's it might be hoi panoi i think yeah i think you're hoi panoi hoi underscore panoi hoi underscore I have it on my phone. I have the app. And no, I'm actually public it? Furby. Oh, you're public Furby. Okay. Yes, yeah, this is why. What? Okay. You have to brand yourself across Hoi platforms. Pinoy, I I I get what that is. Public Furby. I remember this from a But what is what does that mean? What is that? It's it's like four um, steps away from its original meaning. It's like three in, inside <laughs> jokes. <laughs> yeah. On, on on Steam, my name was Secret Kirby. It used to be Secret okay. Agent, and then. A, a drawn out emoji of Kirby, and then I made that secret Kirby. Okay. And then I would make what the kids call a Smurf, which is like a, a new fake account, like like a, a small account that you can start fresh, uh-huh. called Public Furby, which is like the opposite of Secret Kirby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh-huh. a way, that makes sense. Yeah. So Public Furby came, became like my uh, th- my my things for more um, public facing uh, social Endeavors. media. Because Steam is like it's just video games. It's like three friends that I talk to on there, and then yeah. I use Public Furby for a bunch of stuff. And then I was just like, all right, let me let me let me take Hoi Pinoy before anybody else does on Twitter and Instagram. And I just like, I don't know. Now now I have like three different name usernames. <laughs> so my branding is all confused. Yeah. True. Um, what have you been enjoying? Uh I, I enjoy Gilmore Girls. It's a pretty good show. Love Check it. it out. It's it's on the Netflix with sixteen by nine. 
check that out it's pretty cool <laughs> you can see all these extra space that was never supposed to be in the shot mm-hmm. i'll keep my eye out now that i know that i didn't yeah. I, I wasn't really looking for that yeah um cool well i really look forward to your ongoing commentary on on rory mm-hmm. and lorelei and their shenanigans yeah. um cool well geo thank you so much for joining us uh to talk yeah. about ethan hawk and good kill um and thank you everyone for listening good night good night Thank mm-hmm. you.